Are you afraid of Jesus? It would sound like a silly question. It might even sound a little crazy if we hadn't just heard Mark's account of how Jesus stilled the storm. Fear is precisely what Jesus instilled in his disciples on that occasion. They feared a great fear, Mark says. They went from being afraid of drowning to being afraid in the presence of Jesus, who had decisively displayed his boundless power over the world. He'd been asleep in the boat during the storm. Finally, the disciples woke him. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? No doubt that question was shouted over the howling wind and spray of water. So Jesus stood up and spoke. Yes, spoke to the wind and to the sea. It might have been cause for amazement. The disciples might even have questioned his sanity, except, except that it worked. He spoke, and everything was calm. And they were afraid. Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him, they asked. That is indeed the question we should be asking. Who is this? If we read ahead a few verses in Mark's gospel, we find someone who knows the answer. Having landed on the far shore of the sea, Jesus and the disciples were met by a demon-possessed man. The demon knew who Jesus was. What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? The man asked. And soon Jesus expelled the legion of demons from him. Who is this? This is Jesus, the Son of God, possessed of awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping, demon-expelling, storm-stilling, yes, even frightening power. Knowing and believing who this is, the question comes to us as it came to the disciples. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? In the presence of this Jesus, we are invited, no compelled, to examine what makes us afraid and where we place our trust. Or as Luther would put it, to look carefully at who or what really is our God. Even if we acknowledge Jesus as Lord and God and trust in him, there is still, I think, a problem. As soon as we begin to apply this story about the stilling of the storm to ourselves, we'll almost always think about those metaphorical storms in our lives. And we will then conclude by resolving to trust in God for our physical and emotional and financial well-being. Now, I don't want to suggest that God doesn't care about those things, but they are rather small compared to the power Jesus displayed. Jesus himself gave us a request worthy of his power. He gave us a very big prayer to pray. Thy kingdom come. In the presence of this Jesus, pray for the kingdom to come. The kingdom that drives out evil, just as the demons were expelled from the possessed man. 
the kingdom that brings to sinful people peace with God, just as the wind and the waves were pacified. Jesus came for this purpose. He gave his life as a sacrifice for sin and rose from the grave as the firstfruits of the resurrection. In the presence of this Jesus, pray for the kingdom to come through you. Isn't that the most audacious prayer of all? To believe Christ's promise that we are workers in his harvest fields. But we do believe it because we know who this Jesus is. He proclaims his word of salvation even through people like us who stand constantly in need of his forgiveness. Make your prayers large. Ask the Lord for spiritual blessings in order to serve him fearlessly and faithfully. Pray that his love might always be shown to others through you. Pray that your life would bear witness to the profound joy of forgiveness and everlasting life. Pray for wisdom and courage to spread the gospel message and advance his kingdom. We have a God-given, spirit-driven faith to know the power of Jesus, to believe that he loves us, and to trust in him for every blessing. Make your prayers large, because we know who this Jesus is. Amen.